0: Welcome to another week of Coffee and Conversations here at Village Bible Church. Coffee and Conversations aims to answer difficult questions and address hard topics using a biblical perspective. So we use God's Word as our guide and as our truth as we walk through this life together. And I'm just so excited to sit down with you today and look at what God's Word has to tell us about our struggles and our doubts and our questions. So go ahead and grab a cup of coffee and come join us and let's dive in. All three of our Um, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's two. (laughs) Um, But let me pray for us, and then we will dive into our topic today. Um, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for another Saturday, um, just for bringing all these girls here so we can just talk about you and what your word has to say about our life. Um, I pray for all these lovely women, Lord, um, that you would just um, grow them in love of you, Lord, and that they would shine that light to all the people around them. Encourage them if they are discouraged, and would you just open your eye, their eyes, to you and what you have for them? Lord, we love you and we trust you. In your name, I pray. Amen. Yes. All right. So our topic today is all about temptation and how to battle temptation and what to do when we fall into temptation. So with that being said, what is temptation? How would you guys describe it? It's a very churchy word. The word the lure of sin, <laughs> the desire to sin. So when do you encounter temptation in your life? Chocolate. Chocolate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. <laughs> um, what else? When else do you notice that sin kind of calls you in? I know for me, sometimes like when I'm hanging out with people, I'm more like, like people that aren't like Christians, sometimes I'm more tempted to sin sometimes when I'm by myself, or when I'm tired um, what are we tempted to do?
1: Maybe write a nasty comment on post yeah.
0: yeah, be mean
1: Yeah
0: Yeah, so like Andrea said, temptation is just the desire within us to sin, or to do something that is against the will of God Or to go against him, or to forget all about him. So I have some examples of temptation that hopefully will help us get an idea of what it what it actually means to be tempted. Um, So we could be tempted to be angry, and not like a righteous anger, but like an anger that's usually selfish. So tempted to be angry about something. (coughs) Tempted to lie. Tempted to cheat. Like tempted to cheat on a test. Um, Tempted to cheat by stealing or um, cheating on your taxes. Um, tempted to gossip or speak poorly of someone, especially when they hurt us um, or did something that we think is wrong or something that we're like, ooh, here's the tea. Um, Sexual sin we can be tempted into or even sexual thoughts. Um, Worldly things such as drinking or partying, smoking, vaping, I don't know if that's still a thing. Um, (laughs) Idolizing something, which is just putting it above God or putting it on the throne of your life. Um, Or turning to something else for comfort or fulfillment fulfillment, like binge watching a TV show for hours and hours and hours because you are trying to comfort yourself, or overeating, or basically doing anything that takes God out of the picture and says, I'm going to fix it myself. So, is the temptation to do something, is that a sin? No. Why Why is it not a
2: sin?
0: Because it's not. <laughs> you <laughs> didn't do anything. Yeah. You've just been tempted. Yes, yeah. Um, Jesus was tempted, right? We see that in Matthew 4. He's tempted by Satan to um, give in to worldly desires or um, to give in to something that God has told him not to do. Um, so if Jesus was tempted and Jesus was perfect, mm-hmm. right, then that means that when we're tempted, we're not sinning. So if you're feeling temptation, like, be encouraged. That's not sinning. Um, but when does temptation become a sin?
1: When you act on it.
0: When you act on it. Temptation becomes a sin when you start sinning. Um, So that's why it's so important that we battle temptation and we say no to sin. That way we don't fall into it. Um, So I have a question for you guys. And we've talked about this a little bit before, but I want to hit on it again before we dive in. But Jesus has already paid for our sins, right? All of them, past, present, future. If you know him as your Savior, you are free in him. You have been forgiven of all your sins. It's a wonderful thing. So if we have freedom, if we have forgiveness, then why do we work so hard to battle sin? Why does it matter?
1: Yeah, the Bible tells us like, that we're in a spiritual battle like, mm-hmm.
0: all the time. It's yeah. Like, it's just kind of what it's like that's living the Christian life. It's a battle to not sin. Yeah. And it feels like a battle, right? It's It's tiring. So, in order to fully understand temptation, we have to understand where it comes from. So, open your Bibles to James 1 with me. We're going to be reading James 1 13 through 15. Would anyone like to read that for us?
2: All right, go for it, Andrea. Um, Thirteen. when tempted no one should say God is tempting me for God cannot be tempted by evil nor does he tempt anyone but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed then after desire is conceived it gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown gives birth to death
0: alrighty so according to this verse where does temptation come from? us, us. does it come from God? no God no. Yeah, it says it straight, straight on it says no one can say they're being tempted by God. We talked about this a little last week, right? Evil doesn't come from God. Sin doesn't come from God. So therefore, like, God's not going to tempt us into sin. Um, so when we say that temptation comes from within us, what does that mean?
1: Our worldly desires.
0: Yeah.
1: about God, what we just like naturally want to go yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, just the desires within us. Um, Jeremiah 17 9 tells us that the heart is deceitful above all else. So we can't trust our feelings all the time, right? We can't trust our hearts because at the root of who we are, we are sinners. That's why we so desperately need Jesus. Um, we are not good people. I am not a good person. Um, Andrea is not a good person. Um, and I'm not saying that because I don't love Andrea, right? right I do. <laughs> but the thing is, any good that comes from us is not, is not us, right? Um, it's all the Lord. And that's why we so badly need Jesus. Um, however, we don't want to forget that um, temptation is also a form of spiritual warfare. Like Emily said, we're in a spiritual battle. Um, Ephesians 6:12 states, where we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So the devil can use temptation to draw you away from what the Lord has for you um, and to draw you into sin, because he hates you, and he hates God, and he hates that God has saved you if you're a Christian. He doesn't like that, and he wants to take you away from God. And if you don't know Jesus, he he loves that. He wants you to stay there. Um, So he's going to make sin look amazing, um, and he's going to fog your perspective. Um, And so the Bible makes it so clear that we must be on guard. Um, But we also have to be aware that it's also inside of us. There's sin inside of us. And so, just being aware of that is the first step into battling temptation. Um, So, yeah, Uh, turn with me to 1 Corinthians 10, 12 through 13. I feel like every week uh, we go back to 1 Corinthians, like something in 1 Corinthians. It's a very important book. All right, so as we read this, I want you to think about what this verse has to say about temptation. Um, can anyone read for us First Corinthians 10, 12 through 13? Okay. Right, go for it, Maddie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yes, please. So whoever thinks he stands
3: must be careful not to fall. No temptation has come upon you except what is common to humanity. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way out so that you may be able to
0: bear it. All right. So Sorry. Oh, I thought you said 15. Oh, no. 13. Thank you. Yes. I, maybe I said 15. I probably did. Um, but thank you for reading. Um, what does this verse say about temptation? God
2: always gives you a way out. He always gives you a way out. All the
0: time? All the time. No matter what? <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> Isn't it great? <writing? laughs> <laughs> yeah, so step one into battling temptation is to look for a way out. I think of... um. What's that scene in finding Nemo when they're like running away from the um the shark and Dory's like, Oh escape. look, here's a sign. Escape. <laughs> it still yeah. just looks scary.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, so look for look for your escape and be like Dory. Um, yeah, what else does this verse have to say about temptation? It's common. It's common, yeah. It's a universal experience. Your temptation is not unique. Um, Never let social media or the mask someone puts on um, fool you. Every single Christian struggles with sin. Every single Christian struggles with temptation. Every single person does. Um, So therefore, if you're struggling with temptation, know that you are not alone. Every single person in this room battles it every day, whether they're aware of it or not. Um, So this verse also gives us hope that we're not alone and there's always a way out. If it says that God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. Why? Why? Sometimes it feels like my temptation is really strong. Like, how is it that, how is it that God will never allow me to be tempted beyond what I can bear? Because if it's beyond
2: what you can bear.
0: might not think that you'll be able to ever endure it, but you actually can. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because God is stronger, right? You are not strong, I am not strong. Um, if I'm left to my own devices, I will always fall and fail. Um, but God doesn't allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear because he bears it for us. He gives us the strength to endure it. And if his strength is perfect, if his strength is like eternal and it never fades, then it doesn't matter what kind of temptation you're walking through. You have the strength to do it if you know Jesus. Um, And, yeah, also just remember, God will always provide a way of escape. So sometimes, is the way of escape always in the moment that you're tempted? Does that question make sense? So, like, for example, if I... And, um, if I like to party a lot, and I want to stop doing that, and I want to stop drinking a lot, um, what's, like, my first step in saying no to drinking? Is Getting it...
1: away from people that
0: drink? Yes. Do I figure out how to not drink after I get to the party? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no, I'm making it ten <laughs> times harder on myself <laughs> if I decide to go to the party, um... And then I'm like, well, God will provide a way of escape. I'll go to the party and just see what happens. Well, God provided you a way of escape before you even said yes to the party. He gave you the option to say no, and that goes for any other type of sin. So, for example, if you notice that you are comparing yourself a lot to others, idolizing yourself, or maybe giving into toxic toxic mindsets, maybe your way out is deleting Instagram or TikTok, um, or Twitter or whatever. Mm-hmm. is giving you that that way in. So sometimes the way of escape is before we're actually in the moment of being tempted. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, so that kind of leads me to the second part of our discussion today, which is how to actually battle against temptation. So number one, against battling against temptation is acknowledging that it's there. Um, know your heart, um, know where your weaknesses are, um, what sin you wrestle with. We all sin differently, right? I'm going to sin in a different way um, than Emily does. I'm going to sin in a different way than Maddie does. Um, so don't avoid it. Don't be naive to your own sin. Um, and be honest with yourself. And pray for strength. Um, Elise, do you mind turning to Psalm 46? Uh,
3: yep. Sorry, I should have
0: warned you before.
3: <laughs> what was it again? Uh, Psalm
0: 46. It's just three verses.
3: You'll be reading verses 1 through 3. Okay. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling.
2: Awesome.
3: So what does this verse tell
0: us that the Lord is for us? He's our strength. He is our strength. He's what's going to get you through. Um, if you see something in your life that you want to change, a sin that you struggle with, he's what's going to get you through that. He's what's going to give you the strength to say no to it. Um, he's the gas. This, I wrote this this morning, so it might be a weird metaphor. He is the gas station that you must go to every day in order to get fuel you need to keep going so you don't stop at some sketchy gas station where you shouldn't be. <laughs> 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 I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs>
3: um,
0: so go to him every day for the fuel that you need and trust that he is going to give you the strength that you need because um, he will. So, number one, acknowledge that the temptation is there, be ready for it. Um, number two, strengthen your mind and heart for the battle. Turn with me to Ephesians 6, um, we're going to be reading 10 through 20. I feel like we are just reading a lot of scripture today. I like it.
3: Where is Ephesians?
0: Alright. Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. Who would like to read that section for us? I can. Alright, go for it, Emily. The
1: final word be strong in the Lord and in his mighty. Of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor, so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth. In the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news, so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and deep. me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I am in chains now still preaching this message as God's ambassador, so pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Awesome.
0: Alright, so this is a very popular passage. Um, I feel like it's used in Sunday school a lot. You see like the picture of the guy in armor. Um, but what kind of things, according to these ten verses, what kind of things do we need to put on every day to get ready for the battle? Kind of using the metaphor of the armor, the armor of God.
2: Truth. Truth. Put on truth. What does it look like to put on truth? Do you mean like the clothing in the passage? or? Uh, <laughs> well... What honest, right? Facing your day with truth and yourself, hmm. like being honest with yourself, I struggle with this and I need to figure that out today and hmm. being honest with other people and seeking honesty and truth yeah, every day. Yeah, every day. Put on truth.
0: What else does this say for us? How how do we put on righteousness? Do you guys know what I mean when I what I mean when I say put on? You do. Okay. So just kind of like taking it as your own. So what does it mean to put on righteousness? If I'm a sinner, how do I put on righteousness? Like it doesn't come from
1: ourselves, but it comes from Jesus' death on the cross. Yeah. So maybe just recognizing and remembering that we have his righteousness Hmm. and it's not our own yeah 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 that's
0: very well said that it's not our own but yet it is ours in Christ if you know Jesus Christ as your savior you are righteous because he covers you with his blood all right so we put on truth and we put on righteousness what else do we put on peace peace uh, I need peace right now. Yeah. How do I put on peace?
1: Put your shoes on. Put your shoes on. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Where does peace come from? I think it comes from God, and I think it's important to put on like the right kind of peace. <clears throat> like not try to find peace from like anywhere else, or else you'll just be kind of disappointed after a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for you, like practically. How does how do you get peace from the Lord? I think just by listening to him and reading his word and kind of depending on what he says to you through all that and just um, not really focusing so much about like what's going on in the world and mm-hmm. I mean of course like still like knowing that it's there but like also not putting yeah yeah getting all your peace
0: from God remembering his promises
1: interesting my bible says like about the shoes um it says to put on the readiness to preach the good news of peace mm. so it's not necessarily you have peace but you're ready to explain it to others mm. that is the good news, yeah which is interesting
0: that is very interesting i think there's a reason that he chooses to say shoes because shoes go with us everywhere we go they get us to point a to point b And so we should always carry the gospel with us. Yeah. What else? What else are we supposed to carry with us? What's what what else is the armor of God? Faith. Faith. What does the shield of faith do for us in verse 16?
1: the fiery darts of the wicked
0: yes so that is spiritual warfare right when he's shooting you with temptation we are we are shielding back with our shield of faith and we've talked about this before but like when you put your um, faith in Jesus Christ you're like locked in right like he's holding you he's never going to let you go Um, so that's like your security around you Um, that nothing that you do or don't do will ever take you out of the hand of God um, what does verse 18 tell us to do pray how often do we underestimate prayer I underestimated it a lot I sometimes find that I turn to prayer like as the last thing and I think it's because deep down i I like don't believe that prayer is gonna work but Prayer does work. Prayer is amazing. Like it's what we use to communicate to a God who is powerful and um, who will give us what we need in the time that we need it. Um, So never underestimate prayer in your spiritual battle and in your struggle to um, say no to sin. Sometimes all we can say is, "Lord, help me," and He will help you. What does Paul request the church to do for him? Pray
2: for him.
0: Pray for him. Yeah, he's not afraid to ask people to pray for him. Are you guys ever afraid to ask people to pray for you?
2: Definitely. Yeah. Why? Because I don't want to, I don't like to appear broken. Mm. I don't like other people to see that I'm broken or I'm struggling or I have something that I need help with because I like to be a strong person who can do things and, you know. And so when I come to someone and I'm like, Riley, like, this is awful. Prayer, like, this is going wrong. I feel, like, almost ashamed sometimes because I couldn't figure it out, right? I couldn't go to God myself. I, like, I know all the things that I'm supposed to do, and I couldn't do it myself, hmm. right? So if I go to someone for prayer, that's me saying, I can't do it by myself, even though we've talked a million times about what I'm supposed to do, but I need your help anyways. Yeah. So for me, it's, like, it's it's that, and also I'm just kind of a happy person, <laughs> So if I come and I'm, like, super down and I'm super, like, just broken about Mm -hmm. it, I'm like, okay, well, now I just ruined someone else's positive day by not being the positive influence Mm -hmm. that they could have had because I'm struggling and I can't figure it out myself and I need help and now I've messed up their day too, you know? Yeah. So it's so hard to ask for prayer because, for me at least, because I don't ever want to be a burden on someone else. And I like to know that I can figure it out because I know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. it's
0: so hard to ask for <laughs> prayer sometimes, um, but we need to be praying for each other, right? Like if we're all supposed to be, like if you are, if you know Jesus, you are like my sister in Christ, and so, like I'm supposed to pray for you, um, and we're supposed to pray for each other. I'm supposed to pray for Andrea. I'm supposed to tell Andrea what I'm struggling with. She's supposed to tell me what she's struggling with, and we're supposed to pray for each other, because um, prayer is powerful. Um, what's that verse? It's the prayer of a righteous person. It's powerful and effective. Um, you have to believe that it is, because that's what the Word of God says. Um, and it's how we battle temptation, so we should never underestimate it. So, um, number one, acknowledge it's there. Number two, strengthen your mind and heart for the battle. Mm-hmm. And number three, get accountability. Um, James five sixteen tells us to confess our sins to one another. Kind of going along the same lines of why we don't like to ask for prayer, but why is it hard to confess our sins to one another? We're
3: told that
0: we're wrong. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Why else? Why is it scary to confess our sins to one another?
3: I think, like in today's culture, like people really like looking like they know what they're doing. Yeah. They really like to look like they don't make a lot of mistakes. Like when they do, it's okay because it all works out in the end. Mm-hmm. They want to look like whatever they believe is always right in their eyes and people can believe whatever they want but it's really hard in today's culture to like actually kind of humble yourself and like um, just admit that like you're wrong Mm -hmm. I know that's something that like I struggle with is just like kind of admitting that like what I do is sinful and Mm -hmm. that I need to change and it's hard to tell other people that because we like to paint a picture of like somebody who's like perfect and Mm -hmm. like knows what they're doing yeah in reality like you don't
0: as soon as you confess that sin that maybe you're hiding in darkness mm-hmm. it kind of like shatters that perfect image that you portrayed of yourself mm-hmm. yeah why else why is it why is it scary kind of going along with elisa's
3: i I, um, I don't want like my sin to be like what people portray me as mm-hmm. yeah so like, kind of going along with like painting like yourself as a perfect picture like when you tell someone something you're afraid that they, that's all they're going to see about you mm-hmm. so that's always been a fear.
0: Because if no one knows about it, sometimes it is something I trick myself into thinking, like, if no one knows about it, then maybe it's not an issue, but as soon as I bring it to the light, people will notice. Yeah. I, um, yeah, let me, like, just confess my sin to you guys, like, I, I'm, like, so selfish and so prideful, like, I, like, recently I've just, like, realized the extent of that, like, whenever someone comes to me and, like, corrects me, which happens a lot more, like, right now than ever has before, or, like... Um, i like just notice like i want things to be about me and as soon as it's not about me i lose interest um and i fail to see god as worthy of all my pray of all my praise and like my glory all the, like glory and honor and i want it to be all about me um and yeah every day i realize like how how like broken i am and it's made me sometimes it makes me sad because i'm like oh my gosh i'm such a sinner but then also it's just so radically made me to like just change my perspective on jesus and made me realize like he's not some like person that i need sometimes like i need him every single moment every single day every single second because everything i do has the stain of sin on it and without him like there is no hope there is no joy there's no hope for change in me um so with that being said why is it so important that we confess our sin to one another why do we have to be honest
2: supposed to be something we could and should do by ourselves he wouldn't have given us the truth yeah. we're supposed to be together yeah. we're supposed to do it together yeah.
0: we're supposed to do it together I like that we're a team what happens when you confess your sin
1: other people can help you through it mm-hmm. pray for you yeah
0: accountability I'll ask you how it's going you out on it yeah sin grows in the darkness um it like thrives in the darkness and then it withers in the light this week i had a mouse in my room and um it was dark because it was nighttime and it was in my room and then as soon as i turned on my light it r- ran into the light and then it came back out when the mouse trap was out and had a piece of cheese on it but like sin grows in the darkness and then if you want to kill sin bring it out mm-hmm. into the light and it's scary because when I turned on my light, I was really scared of the mouse. Like, <laughs> I got to sleep on the couch. <laughs> but, um, but, like, the same kind of goes for sin. Like um, It's, like, scary to see and scary to bring to the light. But also, if you want to get rid of it, then that is the only way. Is You have to turn on the light. You have to tell people. Um, you have to get accountability. And you have to figure it out and know that it's going, like, bringing it to the light is the first step. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah, when you turn on, when you're honest about your struggles and sins and temptations, you are turning on the light bulb in a dark room. Um, so with that being said, what do we do when we lose the battle of temptation and give into sin? Um, turn with me to 1 John 5 through 10. Throwback to our 1 John study over the summer. When I was reading this, I was like, oh, I missed that. Um, 1 John 1. 5 through 10. Who would like to read that for
2: us? (laughs) This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us all from sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. Awesome. Thank you for reading that.
0: Um, so, why is it so important that you confess your sin to God? Before you ever confess your sin to someone else, you need to confess it before God. But why is it so important that we do that? What happens when you confess your sin to God?
3: I think that through confessing our sin to God, we're kind of accepting that like our sin is not good, mm-hmm. that we like don't want it anymore. So I feel like you can't like confess a sin to God and like still be thinking that's like an okay thing. I don't know. It's just kind of accepting it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, seeing as it is. Yeah. Maddie,
1: were you gonna say something? That's exactly what I was gonna say. Whoa.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have to be honest with God. God already sees the way we sin, right? He's fully aware. Um, but when we confess it to God, it's like it's like we're strengthening our relationship with Him. And the only way to receive forgiveness is to confess your sin and to receive that grace. Um, every time you sin, do you start over at square one, meaning, like? Say that I'm i am I'm a Christian, I've given my life to Christ, but then the next day I lie to my mom. Does that mean I've lost my salvation? No. Julia, you shook your head.
1: Yeah. Why? Because God forgives us. Yeah. And, I don't know. That just, I feel like since we sin so much, it would just be like we're constantly asked for one and we're never actually growing. Yeah. <laughs> so like, um, yeah. At least for me, I'd like just constantly be like, okay, here we are at the beginning. After, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, what's that one board game where, like, it, you, like, take, it's, like, shoots and ladders? Yes. Where, like, you, you make steps forward and then you, like, get, like, a slide and you go all the way back down to square one. That's not how it is. If you, if you sin, it's not like you've lost your salvation. Um, if you know Jesus as your Savior, you're locked in. There's nothing that can take you out of his hand. Um, Jesus covers our sin, past, present, future, um, forever. Um, so, then, why, why do we repent and ask for forgiveness? We've already been forgiven. Why do we have to ask?
1: If we like acknowledge, if we don't acknowledge that we're sinning, then we don't recognize like that we need His saving grace. I Mm -hmm. guess so. Like when you confess, you're like, "Wow, I really need God because I suck." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: ourselves because it's really easy to forget and what does this verse tell us that God is faithful to do to forgive forgive. there is no sin that is too big or too small for God because they're all the same in his eyes Um, he doesn't ignore sin he sees that it's there you can't hide it from him and he isn't scared by your sin Um, maybe you think other people might be scared of your sin If you tell them, but God is never scared of your sin. Um, And our sin separates us from God. So if you're living in unrepentant sin right now and you're wondering, why doesn't God feel close to me? Maybe it's because you're sinning and you need to repent and you need to change. Um, And the amazing forgiveness of God is just like waiting there for you. Um, And like Jesus died for you. He paid your price. In him you have grace and grace abundantly. Um, So when we sin, we must turn to God. It's the only option that we have. Um, and God loves to forgive. He like desires it. It's not hard for Him to forgive. Like for us, if someone sins against me, sometimes it's really hard for me to forgive them. But like God, it's like, oh, you're like, you're sorry. Okay, forgiveness. I love you. Come back. Um, Maddie loves using this example, but like, of like sitting at a table with the Lord. Um, she explains it much better than I do. <clears throat> but, um, like, God is always going like, to have a
3: spot at the table that's. He's just waiting for you to like come and sit down.
2: Yeah. yeah, to fellowship with Him. Mm-hmm. I love
0: that, that metaphor, that imagery. Um, so receive the grace, and the grace changes us, right? It changes our heart. It changes our motivations. Um, God loves you so deeply, and He wants you to come before Him. So... Psalm 51, we're not going to read it today, but if you want to just jot it down, this is an excellent guide and how to pray to God about your sin. So it was written by David after he slept with another man's wife, Bathsheba, and then he killed that man. So that's pretty sinful. <laughs> that's pretty low. <laughs> and guess what? God God forgave him. Like God still loved him, and God still did amazing things with him, which is so weird in our minds to think about. Um, but... That just shows us that no matter how deep of a sin that you're in, God is ready to forgive you. Um, and finally, this will be where we wrap up. But make a battle plan. Um, if you're going to make a, if you're going to battle temptation, you have to have a plan. Turn with me to the final passage we'll be looking at today, which is Colossians three one through seventeen. It's a big passage. Uh, three, one
1: through
0: seventeen. I'll read it for us since it's so long. But as we read it, I want you to think about what this passage tells us to put off and what this passage tells us to put on. Um, so think about like you taking off dirty old clothes and putting on like some really nice new clothes from your favorite store. Um, all right, I will read this for us. If then you have been raised with Christ, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are of the earth, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly to you: sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, or covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these two you once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away: anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put on the old, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its Creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving one another as the Lord has forgiven you, so that you may also forgive. And above all, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with, thanks, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. All right, This is one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible. Um, so this it gives us a list of things that we're supposed to put off, and we find this in verse 5. And six, so what are some of the things that we're supposed to get rid of in our life? (coughs) Anger. Anger. You guys can kind of just shout them out whenever you see them. Speech. What else is in verse five and six? Greed. What was that? Greed? Greed, yeah. Evil desire, impurity, impurity, idolatry. All these things, they say, to take off. And we take them off because that's not what God has for us, right? They're things that are going to harm us. They're things that are going to pull us farther from him. Um, They're like dirty clothes that we don't want on us when there's there's like amazing clothes waiting for us to put on. Um, If we're going to take something out of our life, we have to replace it with something. You can't change something or get rid of something or uproot it and then not plant something else there, the weed will just grow right back. So this passage also tells us to put on the things that are the opposite of the things we're taking off. So we find this in verse um, 12, pretty much to the end. So what are some of the things that as Christians we're told to put on?
2: Kindness. Kindness.
0: Gentleness. Gentleness,
2: forgiveness.
0: Forgiveness. That's a big one. Patience. What's what was that? Did you really say patience? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> patience. That's a hard one for me. Mm-hmm. Love. Love. That one's the most important, right? That's where all the other ones flow from. Um, So we won't do this today, but I encourage you like in your own personal time with the Lord this week, which I hope that you guys all have, um, but I encourage you to write down the things that you struggle with, the sins that you see in your life, um, and make a a battle plan and figure out the opposite of what that thing is and replace that sin or that struggle of yours with the opposite. Um, And so that way it won't grow back and you'll be replacing... Um, evil with good, which is what the Bible tells us to do. Um, for example, um, over quarantine and a little, and again after quarantine as well, I deleted social media because I was struggling with comparison, comparison and coveting um, what other people had, what they looked like, and I was just that was like where my mind was all the time. And I replaced social media, my time spent on social media, with memorizing the Book of Ephesians um, and also listening to sermons and. Um, granted, I still am working on memorizing. I not, I don't do well with memorizing. Um, I need to be more consistent, but listening to sermons is something that I have, it's become a habit in my heart now because I was so intentional about replacing my social media with listening to things that were good for me. Um, and that's changed my heart a lot, even though I have a long way to go in that it changed um, a lot of things for me, um. So another example is if you struggle with gossip, you have to replace it with the opposite of gossip. So what's the opposite of gossip?
2: Encourage- mm-hmm.
0: Encouragement. right? So like, rather than speak poorly of someone, say something encouraging about them, which may, may sound really unnatural at first, but then you'll find that it gets easier um, as, you, as you replace it. Um, so we have to be active against sin and guard against it. Um, at the same time, we have to trust that God is working in us to change us. It's not all on us. We, we work every day to try um, to be better, but we also believe that God will give us the strength that we need to get through every day and to bring glory to his name. Um, and when we fall short of the glory of God, which is very often, every single day for me, sometimes every hour, um, we have to be quick to repent and go before him and receive the grace Um, So if you have been struggling with the same sin for years and years and years or months or you feel defeated by it, I just want to encourage you that you're not a slave to sin. You're free in Christ. Um, He gives us hope that we're not alone, that he's going to give us the strength and that he has something so much better for us than sin. Um, And through the Holy Spirit that he gives us, um, he's going to help us change. Um, So receive the grace, bring your struggles into the light and to, uh, to tell other people, tell the Lord and make your battle plan today. Let me pray for us, and then we'll wrap up. Dear Heavenly Father, um, thank you for this day, Lord. I um, I pray for all of us, Lord. We all have our different struggles and our different sins. Would you just help us not be discouraged or lose hope that um, you can change us, Lord? Would you help us just see that um, you have made a way through your Son, um, and that we can receive the grace daily that overflows and through your help, Lord, we can change. We can battle temptation. And I just pray for all of us here that when we do fall short of your glory, God, which um, we are bound to do because we are sinners, Lord, would you just be help us be quick to run to your feet and receive your forgiveness and just help us stand strong, um, to put on the armor of God, to put off the things that um, are not for us and to put on the things that you do have for us, Lord. Um, I pray for our weeks, would we just help would you help us be lights everywhere we go um, and to love other people well, um, to be humble and compassionate, and, um, and yeah, Lord, just help us be more like you. We love you, Lord, and we trust you. In your name I pray. Amen.